0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the secret stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother!
1: Welcome, friends, to episode nine seven of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that may be affecting people at their tables and computers just as well as away from it i am your host daquan watson and for all 97 episodes still riding shotgun with me my main man in the heat of texas brian allen how's it going dude oh it is hot but
0: it's good mostly (laughs) (laughs) i guess you saw that our uh Governor got COVID. Our our mask mandate. denying nine governor has the COVID, and I'm just gonna try not to be mean about that, much as I instinctively want to.
1: Man, I ain't gonna lie. Like, and I'm probably going to hell for this, but like <laughs> every, every time I see somebody who's like, ah, f COVID and masks are stupid and my rights and whatever, and then you just see a post where they got COVID with like a less than a week later, I'm like, man, karma truck, right? I I like. Yeah. I feel yeah, bad I'm trying to not yeah. be that
0: person, but boy.
1: Just... I feel bad for celebrating it, because I'm like, I, you don't want nobody to die. You know, not to get, like, physically ill, but, like, you kind of had it coming, though. Because <laughs> like... he's already, you know, he's
0: obviously, he he uses a wheelchair, so I tried not to participate in any of those oh, horrible sure. jokes, because I wouldn't want anybody making them. it, although, you know, it's comedy. I probably, if I were in a wheelchair, Dude, would be the mayor would make an off-color joke. Cause the I'd number be allowed of to.
1: people, when I was talking politics down there, the number of people that referred to him as Governor Hot Wheels.
0: Yeah, it's on hand. And, and like, it's just, I feel terrible. But Like, yeah,
1: everybody. Yeah. I was like, damn, yeah. y'all. Like, I don't like the guy either, but damn. Because they said it's, it's it at bad. first, and it took like three seconds to process in my head. And I kind of yeah. just went, damn, y'all. <laughs> like, for real. But yeah, like, and then it turns out, like, not only is he, like, vaccinated, he'd, like, jump the line for getting a possible booster, and he's using whatever medication that, you know, the dudes- He get all, Florida he get the
0: Regeneron, and then they yeah. have get Super Soldier Serum and everything. It's I like, mean-
1: So all this stuff he's talking crap about and whatever, so it's like, oh, no, he's vaccinated. You know, like, that stuff. It's a mess.
0: I always mess. figured that. I knew McConnell was vaccinated. I would suspect that Rand Paul is vaccinated. They, they but they know their supporters or a lot of them don't believe in science.
1: Yeah. That's the messed up part. Like you can't, I don't know. Hypocritical, man, you know, don't know. We, you know, we've been doing this whole like athlete thing for the Jersey number for the episode (laughs) (laughs) this this week. We found out really something, everybody like this is, this is something I did not know till literally like three minutes before we went live. There is no Jersey number 97. That's been worn in the NBA. And the NFL Hall of Fame does not have anybody who is registered jersey number ninety-seven. That's crazy. like We I knew we were running out
0: of athletes. I guess we have officially we've hit the athlete wall. I had to think of something else to
1: But that's the so... thing. Like both sports, I believe, have numbers ninety-eight and ninety-nine, respectively for the Hall of Fame and for the regular uh community. But for whatever reason, no number ninety sevens. Like that's such a weird thing to know, but there you go, trivia. I guess.
0: <laughs> like, if you're a young athlete, try to figure out what number to pick. Not ninety-seven.
1: Maybe, or you get to be the best player who ever wore number ninety-seven. You get to be your own trivia question, <laughs> or trivia answer, I guess.
0: Because NFL is one thing, but basketball's Hall of Fame is notorious for letting people in. So. Oh sure. Kind see if they don't have one. I think they let Dominique Wilkins' brother in just for being Dominique Wilkins' brother.
1: (laughs) Might have. Tried to justify his college career or something. Well, yeah, before we get into the rest of the episode, we do want to remind everybody that we have some sponsors in our wonderful friends over at Cardsphere.com. You should check them out. Great way to buy and sell stuff both at the price you want if you want to buy it and at the price you want to sell it for if you want to sell it. So, yeah, cool site. Check it out. We do have some articles over there, and Brian writes over there as well if you want to catch some of his stuff away from the podcast. And I want to tell everybody, if you'd like to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash color magic, and that really helps us out so very much. We're appreciative for every single one of y'all that are supporting through there. And finally, if you want to get some cool stuff for yourself, Check out colorofmtg.com slash shop. You can get playmats and tokens, and we will mail them anywhere in the world. And we do have discounts available. Now, we got to get into some things, man. We got we to gotta talk about a few things. But you know, I, I debated what I was even going to put here on the soapbox segment this week. Because first off, I got a personal gripe with Texas. Because <laughs> I got off the plane. And damn if the air wasn't hot. And I mean, like... You sound shocked by this. No, like, here's the thing. Like, because I left, like, the day I left C- the Seattle airport, it was like 93 degrees. So it wasn't, it was a hot day in Seattle, which you would call a pretty warm day in, in Texas in the summer. But the difference in the air quality was night and day, man. Like, I'm talking to somebody, and while we're standing there, I mean, it just almost felt like a blow dryer just being in my face. And I was just like, how did I live like this before? Like, this is ridiculous. And I've told you before, you stand in the shade in Texas when it's 95 degrees or wherever, shade's only like 85 to 89 degrees. You ain't really cooling off. And then you still have just hot air blowing on you.
0: Yeah, shade does nothing for the air quality. Like, let's say you're in, you know, Houston or any of the numerous other Places where there's a few too, many, few too many oil rigs, paper bills, or what have you.
1: Yeah, it was just a mess. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. But the temperature wasn't that bad. Totally tolerable. Like, it was hot, but, you know, it, it wasn't unreal. So, like, that part was okay. But then I have to venture into a Target because I got to get some stuff. And I'm looking around because I, you know... The way we treat, uh, we'll call it pandemic protocol in Western Washington is a bit different than how you handle it in Texas. Though Texas is kind of similar to Eastern Washington from everything I've noted. But I'm walking around and looking around and I'm kind of doing a mental inventory check on like how many people are wearing masks or whatever. Just for like percentage sake so we could discuss it later. (laughs) And I'm about to say something's going to offend some people. But this is literally what I saw with my own eyes. And I had other people. Confirm this. So I, cause I asked some folks, I'm like, I didn't want to just come off like I'm being stereotypically racist or whatever here. But honestly, it was mostly the white folks not wearing masks down there. Like for real. And I was I'm shocked
0: like, by the, not, yeah.
1: no, but <laughs> I'm talking about like, I saw a family that had probably, I'm guessing they were like a 10 or 12 year old and all the way up to grandma with them in a wheelchair. None of the family and there's like a six member family just walking through nobody wearing a mask. But like pretty much I now, don't me wrong, I'm not going to say everybody, you know, not every black person was wearing a mask, not every Hispanic person was wearing a mask. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But if we're looking percentage wise, I would say, honest to goodness, somewhere between like 60 and 75 percent of each other racial group was wearing a mask and I would put it for real in like 30% or lower of the white folks wearing masks. Like that was stunning to me that it was that drastically different. And I saw that. I, I can't say I'm
0: shocked by that. Cause if we look politically at how those break down, that's probably about the same percentage.
1: Yeah. And I, and I thought, okay, well maybe cause you know, up here, you know, target crowd is pretty solid, different, you know, and I was like, well maybe elsewhere. But you know, when I stopped to grab food, it was like, Nope, same thing here. You know, and then the non-event attendees, which we'll talk about the event, why I was in Texas, the Hunter Burton Morrill Open. We'll we'll get into that later. But even seeing the non-event attendees come into the hotel or whatever, kind of the same thing. And I was just like, this is it shouldn't be that obvious, but it definitely was. And that's why and that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to just like throw barbs here, but like this is literally just. I'm, I was taking stock on the weekend because I wanted to see how different it was in Texas versus, you know, the the greater Seattle area or whatever and just do a comparison. But, man, it it was. It was obvious as long as I, and then, like I said, I asked some other people at the event, also white people and just like, hey. I Here's what I observed. Like, is this just like a anomaly or was it just like the time of day i was there or whatever and they're like oh no that's that's it like nobody even mm-hmm. hesitated <laughs> yeah nobody so everybody's known this apparently and they're like oh no dude and then they were telling me oh yeah like in my family blah blah like they're telling me all these anecdotal stories and everything on top of it so i'm just like okay so it wasn't just a me thing like this this is our problem like we've somehow politicized this to the point that masks have almost become a racial thing like that's crazy. We we need to get past all that. Like I in and people I'm talking to now that are nurses, doctors, EMTs, you know, the few I still have in my social circles cuz real talk there's some I've disconnected talking to because of COVID because we couldn't even hang out or anything because of their jobs, you know. But they're all upset right now because they're saying the same things. And then you know, these people that they're asking, like, if they're vaccinated or no, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, they're coming in with the worst COVID symptoms. And, like, I couldn't even imagine being in their shoes. Like, oh, I mean, there's just so much about that that just annoys me down there.
0: You know what I'm saying here? I'm how many people, you know, among nurses and paramedics are like, they don't want to get the vaccine. And they think it's, you know, a, a political thing. And that's that's yeah, kind of scary.
1: That that number actually isn't that high. I asked some of them about that. And like you know, in Houston, it was something like you know they had like, well, there's 70 nurses or whatever. But it's like when you do the numbers, it's like you know, one or two percent of the nurses or whatever. Yeah, you know? uh, so,
0: I, I heard differently, but that may just be an anomaly at that person's job. So.
1: Mm-hmm. so that
0: particular hospital may just have a large number of people that don't believe in the vaccine or don't. They believe may.
1: They may. But that that's a tough thing, you know, when I don't even know how you would want to do a job in the hospital and not be vaccinated. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wearing that like Iron Man armor, hazmat suit, all yeah, of that. You know what I mean? Like, Because they already have to put on a ton of gear to deal with yeah. the people in the COVID ward, I guess you want to call it that. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's just it's you tough. Would think man. They would be used to it. Yeah, this whole thing is tough, but like seeing yeah. how people were treating it versus how they're treating it up here completely different like no because i even had some people who looked at me funny down there because i was wearing my mask i was like cool you're just gonna be mad about it like i i literally had a moment where one old lady was staring at me and i was like try me right now lady (laughs) (laughs) like i sort of felt i was at that point of just like just if somebody wants to come over and say something today might be the day (laughs) like you know like this just might be it i don't know oh man but yeah wild times wild times but uh people get your get your mask etiquette right like i don't care what you i really don't i don't care what you believe in if you believe covid's that bad or not or whatever wearing a mask doesn't interfere with anything it doesn't affect anything i wore a mask in the hot ass air in texas and it didn't even affect me at all
0: i do care whether you believe in COVID or not because at that point if you if you don't believe in COVID, like it's a unicorn or something, I'm just
1: no, no. I get that. Like, I would rather they do, but I'm just saying, if you don't, the least you can do is just put a mask on. That's it. Don't harass anybody. Don't start any fights. Don't do whatever. Like, believe what you want to believe, but damn, if that's the least you can do, even if there's like a three percent chance it helps somebody, why not do it? Because otherwise, you can't walk around saying you're a humanitarian and you believe in helping people and blah, blah, and Jesus and all this. And you're like, yeah, but F wearing a mask. I don't care if somebody dies. That's the frightening thing, though. They thing. believe
0: they're helping you by letting you know about this global conspiracy to put microchips in, which is why we need them to believe in the virus. Yeah. I'm still seeing people on my Facebook talking about, do you physically know anybody that's died from COVID? And, you know, I'll respond. Yeah, yes, so and so. Then they're well, how do you know? Are you a doctor? Well, look, that's the case with anything. Anybody with a family or a friend dies, I have to take the doctor's word. For, I don't know how to
1: diagnose a heart attack. You know what, though? The the whole nanobots thing, because that's basically what it has to be, Like that comes back to me when people are like, ah, wizard sucks. They can't do anything right. And then those same people have the conspiracy theory that, well, you get better draws if you're streaming and whatever, playing arena and I'm like, wait. So they're completely inept, but at the same time, they magically have super technology. Like, <laughs> that's basically what they're saying about the government. Yeah. Like, they can't get this right. They can't balance this right, and blah blah. blah. But literally, somehow, magically, the world's governments are all magically going to get on the same page and fill you with nanobots and control you, right? Like, come on now. Like, if they, and let's be real, if they wanted to control us, there's a better, easier way without costing everybody a whole crap ton of money.
0: I mean, they all, the Illuminati is, you know, Congress. <laughs> There's It's not like any kind of conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> Look at Congress. Rich people run the world.
1: It's I'm not, just saying, it's, if they, if they, the if they the wanted OB. to get it done, there were easier ways to get it done. For sure. Other than global yeah. pandemic like come on it's guys.
0: not microchips it's you know stocks and bonds <laughs> is what runs the world but
1: now we talked and, about it before though right like there's people who still don't think australia is a place yeah so i mean what do you or people that don't think birds are real that one's right that one's still stunning to me like how do you watch birds be born and then be like nah it's fake like i'm like with... so what do they think birds are They think they're robots. They honestly think they're surveillance. I swear to God, I read up on this because I'm like, this can't be. And it started because I saw a bumper sticker. It said that birds aren't real or whatever. I thought that's kind of funny. But when I saw another one, I was like, some people obviously believe this. Let me go look it up. And yes, there is a whole conspiracy that people believe that somehow, I don't know who's spending the beyond trillions of dollars because there's literally a bajillion birds in the world. But somehow the birds are just surveillance things that are full of cameras and whatever. But there have
0: been birds for thousands of years.
1: It's just... I have birds birds randomly hit my windows just flying by and just die. You could go open them up and see that they're just flesh. Like, it's a bird. The birds mentioned in, say, Arthurian
0: myth. Uh, what are they? Dude, the I magic don't know, right?
1: robots? I'm just <laughs> telling you, I'm not making this up. This is a real thing. For any listeners who think I'm just making this up, feel free to go check the internet. I swear. I did a deep dive on it because I was just like, people will believe anything.
0: The human gene pool needs chlorine, I swear.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, like, even I if can't. you thought a
0: portion of the birds were surveillance <sighs> at, like, I don't yeah, I can see thinking some birds were drones, maybe, but just all. But birds. even then, maybe. you know
1: how much you'd have to spend to even like what do you? I don't even like. How would it even be beneficial to anybody? Because like, again,
0: <laughs> we're tracked by normal things like our credit cards, our cell phones.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. drivers. <laughs> it's just yeah, uh, it's just nuts. Anyway, let's talk about some other stuff that's a bit more entertaining. Because, you know, despite everything going on in the world, we're still trying to learn things every single day. So, Brian, why don't you tell everybody what you learned this week? Apparently, PlayStation 5, you know, state-of-the-art gaming
0: technology, there, there's no command or button to mute your opponent. That sounds unbelievable. I, I was playing Madden, getting ready to make a video, and somebody had, you know, loud rap music, so I was don't want any copyright strikes or to hear loud music in the background while I'm talking, so let me figure out what button mutes them, and I just couldn't find anywhere. Okay, you know what? Let me go online and look. And the instructions from the Sony employee who goes into forums and checks to see what your questions are is, well, first, you have to invite your opponent to a party. Wait, what? That there's already no sounds like too many. Then, when your opponent comes to your party, then you can mute
1: them, and then you can. Play. What? There's no. There's really. There's got to be a better way than that. There would have to be, but
0: I mean, again, that was the the person whose job it is to answer questions on the forum.
1: Yeah, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't even invite my own friends away? to a party to game with half the time. Right. Like, you're not gonna invite a stranger into one. And they're not gonna
0: come. If they're listening to their loud music, they obviously aren't interested in interacting with you other than playing, you know, whatever game against you.
1: Yeah. But so but even just for your own personal sake, like even if you weren't streaming, you might just wanna like mute the opponent for one reason yeah. or another.
0: Because a lot of people, especially on you know sports games, will do that just because it's annoying and they're trying to tilt you.
1: Yeah, like I don't. That that's a weird thing to not have available. Especially we, we all know how the internet works. I mean, yeah, that's a that is a hell of a thing to learn. <laughs> like, like I paid. You want to talk about how much money for this? That's, that just feels like it's just been a basic feature of gaming systems for, gosh, I don't know, yeah. 10 years or something. So, like, why would that not have been included? That feels like something, even when you build the software, like, there's some chunk of the software you just port over. That would be one of them, you know? That's weird. Boy, but, uh, I do think so. Good catch. Good catch. I would not. That, that is a thing I learned today because I would not even have assumed that would have been an issue. Uh, As for myself, now, I went to this tournament last week, and I was still trying to keep up with my daily content. And I'll tell you what I learned. I learned to have way more respect for people who do content from a single screen. Because, my goodness, dude, trying to work from a laptop when you've got, you know, four or five programs. Because I was trying to use, like, my editing program. I was trying to look up some stuff on uh, Google. I have Arena open. Uh, I got, oh, and my my actual streaming software open, you know, that I'm using all those. And then I have to, like, make sure. Oh, not only that, like the the room was terribly echoey, like hotel rooms have no acoustics whatsoever. So like that was the worst thing. And it's like it was such a struggle, man. Like, And I've helped some people that work from one monitor or one screen, and I've kind of given them some tips to help them out or whatever. But if it wasn't for that, I think I would have struggled, man. Like it was not pleasant. So my hat is off to all of you that are starting out and you only have one monitor to work from or one screen, one laptop. Ooh, it, it, it was a lot of work. So we work appreciate than, it <laughs> for real more, more work than it needed to be, man. I have big ups for real. Cause I'm spoiled with my multi-monitor <laughs> setup. I ain't going to lie. Like I, I feel like I'm living in luxury when I got back home. So yeah, credit credit to all y'all, man, because that that is hard work, and I don't even think people realize how hard that is. Like because you I'll have, say, even though I,
0: I do a lot of my stuff from PlayStation, I have you know a computer where I can edit the video once I've uploaded it from the PlayStation. So yeah, I'm, as you said, people that just have the the single machine, it's yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I know how, but like it, I don't, and I think this is kind of when we come back and we talk about things from like a luxury perspective, adding a lot of convenience to your lifestyle, you know, and I think that's the part that gets left out of a lot of conversations because even something like this, like I can tell you to, even to edit the same video I would normally edit on my home computer probably took me 15 to 20 minutes longer just from constantly having to tab over and like make sure I'm still centered correctly. And, and my, Streaming software, because I can't see it live because I have the game overlaid half the time or whatever, you know, so I'm having to like tab back, make sure everything's still running the way it should check on my specs or whatever. And then, you know, if I'm editing and I need a clip from something, now I have to tab over to Google, go do the thing like, okay, now I got to download it. Okay, now I got to tab over to this so I can get into the thing, you know, and it was just such a process. Whereas when I have stuff on multiple screens, I'm just like dragging and dropping and moving along. Yeah, so I don't, and I think that applies to a lot of things in life where just having one more convenience sometimes saves you so much money. You know, when we talk about people applying for jobs that don't necessarily have access to a computer or a cell phone, and you know, if you've got to go to a library to do it, sometimes you're losing an hour's worth of time just to take the bus to the library and back, yeah. you know, much less the time you're actually spending at the library working on a thing. And it's just like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're job hunting and you've got to do that like every day, that adds up at the end of the week. And that assumes
0: that you don't yeah. have a line to wait in, or you know, there's not yeah. some kind of car wreck right in front of the library, or any of the things that happen. You know, life <laughs> that happens around you for real. Right.
1: And and hell, that's when we talk about even just quality internet speeds. When you when it takes you twice as long to download or upload something as the next person, that's more time. You know, it gets so credit to you all out there that are trying to make content whatever it is you're making and you're on limited resources much respect because it is definitely a bit of a journey but that said let's go get into some other kind of interesting news of the week man So I had a lot of people want me to talk about this topic this week. It came up. I had people message me on Facebook. I had somebody tag me on Twitter. I had somebody mention it on my stream last night. (laughs) I was like, okay, we're obviously going to have to talk about this. But for those of you that didn't know, for some reason, people are trying to make news out of this, that somebody copyrighted the first Magic deck. Actually, I think it was the first gaming deck at all, but the first Magic deck. And everybody says, what do you think about this? What are the implications? Honestly nothing like okay first off for starters the and i i don't have the article in front of me but the guy who copy wrote this copyrighted it i think it's copyrighted <laughs> is is the actual written i'll throw another one out there yeah, like, know maybe right. it is maybe it is copy i don't know i think it's copyrighted though copyrighted the deck uh is a person who does this periodically just to show holes in the whole copywriting system and he's got some huge number of copyrights under his name or whatever but the reality is well let's let's just talk about like the practicality of it like if you because people said, okay what if somebody copyrights a deck what happens well the first thing is for something to come of this you would have to be able to prove some type of financial emotional or physical harm caused by somebody violating the copyright for you to even make a case out of it get any money out of it whatever right that would mean you'd have to have a very specific scenario. The first part of that is timing. Because if you were to copyright a deck, it would have to, for, the, for there to be an impact, it would have to be within a window of time that there would be a major event using that exact 60 cards. Right? So let's say there was an event two weeks from now, and you went to copyright a deck today. That copyright is not going to happen in two weeks. Hell, especially not during COVID, (laughs) right? So by the time the event passes, the copyright's going to be locked in and that's already going to be ancient history. Because magic changes so much anyway, right? Even if a deck is known today, it's probably going to be five or six cards different in a month. Because people evolve and we play different sideboard cards and just like a whole list of things. So that's kind of like the first issue I think you would have. The other was, even if you did, let's say you had the foresight, and you did it a couple of months in advance, and it's the end of the format, and they're playing a big tournament, and somebody's playing your deck. You would have to prove that somehow they harmed you, or something was wrong by them using it to make money in the event. And I think that would be a hard case for somebody to take to court or represent Other than a lawyer that just wants to make news and, you know, whatever. So I think that's another stumbling block you have to it. And then you would still also have the discussion of what is a true violation of the copyright. Like, is it you played 59 of the same cards? Or is it you played 40 of the same cards? Or. You play the exact same 75, or it can the main deck be the same and the sideboard be, you know what I mean? Like, we don't even know because, like, you know, you can't, like, I guess Henry Ford or whatever, copyright the plans for a vehicle, but Tesla's look way different than the others. Does the Ford family still get money? No, they don't, you know? So, like, how different does it need to be? you know, before you're no longer in violation, right? Like, so that's a thing. And then there's also the bit of cost. It does cost money to go through this process. And I couldn't find a consistent value. I saw everything from as low as $85 and I saw as high as several thousand dollars. So I think it depends on the type and, you know, other legalese around it on what type of, I guess, copyright you need or whatever. So even then how many people are going to want to spend the money just to have a copyright on a deck. And then, you know, you'd have to figure out, did somebody make more or less money? Yeah. Like there's a whole thing. Yeah. I think you'd have to solve around that to even decide if it's worth spending the money in the first place. And we all know to be real, not like pointing fingers, but you know, as well, I do a lot of gamers are just cheap. (laughs) So they ain't going to be spending minimum 85 probably a couple hundred dollars just to say i have the copyright on this deck and then never do anything with it plus i i don't know it have to you'd also have to prove that like they did it knowingly and like there's so many so many things so many things so my guess is nothing probably comes of this and in reality the first time it gets challenged probably is going to have nothing come of it and then that'd be the end of the story Somebody will eventually challenge it, though. There will be somebody who is dickish enough to want to make a deal out of somebody, I don't know, even winning like 400 bucks or something. Try to turn it into a lawsuit. We'll hear about it, and then probably won't see anything about it again. So the short version is, I don't think anything comes of this. It's kind of a non-impact, other than a story just to say, you can copyright a magic deck. Uh, Also, the deck the person copyrighted isn't even a competitive deck. It's a by definition, it's a vintage deck, but it is not a good vintage deck. <laughs> it's just he did it because he couldn't. It was probably like the first real deck he ever built or something. And he just went and copyrighted it. That's that's it. Like so no real impact even. So like if he would have copied like a real deck got a copyright on it, then maybe there we could at least see the outcome of this sooner. But since he just kind of just weird, bad homebrew, copyrighted, like, we're still several steps away before even seeing anything come of it. Also,
0: can you copyright something that another company basically already owns anyway?
1: Yeah, that's, that's also part of it, too. Like, at what point does that come up if there's a legal challenge? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Like there's 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 a lot okay, of okay, you you might have made the deck, but you didn't make the cards. The wizards made the cards. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there because it's like, you know, because wizard produce it and they make it to where you anybody can use it or make any combination of 60 cards, does that supersede the copyright? You know what I mean? So like and that's and that's part of the reason the person does this, right? Is to find holes in the copyright process. So the fact that this was even approved is him going, yeah, this is kind of how dumb it is. And I don't think people process that at first. I saw a lot of people that were kind of afraid this person was going to go do something with this. Like, no, if you read any of his history and what he talks about, like, it's literally just what he's doing to prove the flaws in the system, not to take advantage of it. So, yeah, probably not much. I don't know. Did did you feel differently when you read it?
0: No, I, I'm like you. I don't think anything or even if I don't see any way you make any money off of this. And without, as you said, without any financial, not to go off on a tangent, but as we know, it just became a lot harder to make money playing Magic. So why would anybody add an unnecessary expense like this?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it is just one more hurdle to make it profitable. But yeah, in general, I I just don't see it. Like, it's a neat thing that happened, and we can be aware of it, but I don't know. I browsed through it and kind of went, okay, that's barely news. Then it would have been more newsworthy to me if the person did it and then was finding some way to litigate over it. I think then that would have been more of a story. But we haven't even reached the point that anybody can even attempt to litigate with it. So for now, I think it's just kind of is what it is.
0: I'd be amazed if
1: we ever got to the point where anybody could litigate on this. (laughs) For real. All right, so last weekend I did mention the Hunter Burton Memorial Open. Uh, for those of you that didn't check it out, you should. It's still up online. You can go to twitch.tv slash Hunter Burton Memorial Open. And uh, first, I want to apologize because commentary, that was not my best work for several reasons. But one, I was fighting back a sniffle and for sure on the second day, I think. And, like, man, that is rough trying to talk in words that yeah. you don't need to, like, sniffle or sneeze Ooh, man, there were times I literally was like, come on, let's cut to the table and get off camera off me. So I can just like blow my nose or wipe my nose or whatever. That's somebody said, see it. Yeah. You know? So uh, not COVID by the way, in case anybody's concerned, uh, <laughs> we were, <laughs> no. it's actually not even like a real symptom of COVID for the most part, but the event itself was very good. You know, we had v- much smaller attendance than we normally have for obvious reasons. We capped the attendance. So it wouldn't be crazy. I also did a follow-up video for anybody who's curious. You can check out my YouTube channel, just youtube.com slash uh P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. I put that up on Monday, I think, just to do a recap, just let people kind of know what was going on. But this was probably the safest we could host event, especially in Texas. Now, don't get me wrong. I know some people, I like. yes, it is not going to be 100% safe. Everybody understood that there is not anything you can do right now that involves more than probably four or five vaccinated people spaced out. That's going to be like 100% safe. Like it's it's just not. But it was a charity event. People still wanted to participate. We kind of went through that thing where like the events were opening. And then here in the last couple months, we've had like the spikes in cases. And, you know, so there was a lot of things in play. As to why people wanted to still do the event, I was in favor of doing it because one, it's a good cause raising money for suicide prevention and awareness. But also, there was the journalistic part of me that was like, hey, let me go and be part of this and kind of give a real follow up, right? Of just like, what did we see? What did we deal with? And be able to communicate to people that there are steps you can take that you don't have to give in on. And the number one of is mass. Right. People say like, ah, well, you know, we had some people didn't want to wear a mask and they complained and they came and threatened people, whatever. And it's like, oh, well, too bad. So sad. Like we had it set up where at registration. Well, not at you signed up online because we wanted to also minimize the registration. But you knew when you signed up, clearly you were going to have to be masked. One hundred percent required. If you did not wear a mask, you would be booted. No refunds. So that was no it. problems with that then. Nobody? Nope. You know why? Because we also had security that if somebody would have got out of line, they were going to be escorting people out of the building. So it was one hundo. <laughs> that's it. And people are the point, like if I saw somebody even with their mask down over from their nose or where I was like, yo, dog, your mask. And they were like, oh, my bad. And quickly covered up their nose. Like, that's it. We had designated spaces for people to eat. So if you need to take your mask down, you go over to that area or you go outside. There was plenty of outside spaces that were totally comfortable. And the weather wasn't that bad because it rained like the early part of Saturday, I think it was. So that was good. We had to work with the staff as far as like the hotel because we do staff lunches and things. And we normally, you know, you were considering doing like a buffet, but you're not going to do that in a time of COVID, obviously. So we worked with them as far as like how to bring food out and everything. The uh, conference center staff was very good. They were constantly cleaning stuff, making sure the trash was moved out regularly, you know, wiping things down. So it was about all we could do to make it safe-ish, you know, like. And so far, crossing my fingers, I've been following a lot of the people I know who were at the event through social media. And nobody's said anything about being sick or anything or anybody they know getting sick. So that's good. <laughs> So that's about all we could really hope for at the end of the weekend. You know, but even even for our staff, we had various protocols for, like, when we were just, when it was just the the commentary teams, you know, we could be maskless because we knew we were both vaccinated. You know, the two production staff members were vaccinated. We're in a private space. No big deal. But if we brought somebody else in there for any reason, you know, we're doing a player interview or somebody checking something, everybody masked up. You know, so... Everyone was being very good about just, I, I guess we'll call it COVID protocol, you know, and that that's all you can really do. But you don't have to cave it with your events and say like, oh, well, I had to because people are going to complain. We ran an event in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the second highest state in COVID case rate right now. Like, and everybody wore a mask for two whole ass days. We didn't have to evict one person. I didn't have to remind anybody more than once. So to say that you have to give in or that, oh, people wouldn't show up if you did whatever, not true. We had people trying to get in at the end that we denied because, you know, the cap of the event or whatever. And we still had people who came from the East Coast. We had other people that came from the state of Washington. We had people come from Arizona, people come from Oklahoma. And they came specifically because they said, well, yeah, this was like the only safe event we knew we were going to be able to play in for a while. So it matters to people right now. For real. I mean, I think Cedric Phillips said, you know, he he flew in because he lives up in in the Seattle area. And he flew in and said the same thing. Like he only showed up because it was 100% mass mandate. So, for as in many people as you think you're going to lose, there's definitely some other people you're going to gain. And I have to say, after having done it and been around it, I think if I knew the event was going to enforce the mask mandate, I would feel okay going to an event with don't ma- Well, depends. I don't know if I feel okay in Florida, but
0: and I don't know if everybody's going to hire security.
1: That's that's, that's exactly security. it. I'm saying, but I am okay. If that were to happen in, like, again, like Western Washington, if I were to go to someplace in California, it probably. Like I said, Florida, mm, don't know. I mean, and there's some other places in Texas that would have probably been worse, too. Yeah. Let's be real. But we raised a bunch of money. I'm not going to give the total yet. I'm going to leave that up to Aaron. He's the director of everything. But I will tell you, it was a good amount, considering that we had to have, like, a quarter of the attendance we would normally have. But side events still went well. The charity, uh, silent auctions all went well. Like, it was as good as we could have hoped for under the conditions. So I was super happy about it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good time getting to see some people. It was neat seeing people that uh, followed me on social media. Because that's almost been all during the pandemic. So it was the first time I got to meet people. That was pretty cool. Uh, Shout out to Tall Paul, one of my regulars. So... It's it's uh I don't know, man. I, I think It does when, exist. Yeah, exactly. I do exist. If, I think it for me, that was my big takeaway because I kept hearing so many people say that, well, you know, these people were mad and I was gonna have to have this and I didn't want so and so threatened and all this. It's like, but why does that happen? Like I, cause I'll tell you right now, if I was to run my store and you walked in and you're threatening my staff, I'll be damned if I didn't have a police report filed within the hour. Like it only happens if you're allowing it to happen. And like, am I going to get some backlash or whatever? Like, yeah, sure. But you know what? No surprise being a black dude. I got some backlash just for being a black dude and running a game store. So I'm sure as hell going to say something. If you come in and threaten me or one of my staff members, like the, and this, and again, this was an event with 500 players. And a few extras for side events or whatever. And everybody from vendors, workers, volunteer staff, commentary, players, all were masked 100% over the weekend. Even people who came in and like forgot their masks for like day two are like, oh man, they came straight to the registration table and it's like, hey, is there no way I can get a mask? And we had spare ones for people and just hooked them up. They immediately put them on, no questions asked. So if you enforce it, it's a thing.
0: And do you think some of that is because these are already people who are here to attend a charity event? So hopefully you already have kind of a low a-hole population.
1: (laughs) I'm sure that's part of it. Don't get me wrong. I I do think that is part of it. But again, this was messaging that was communicated from four or five months ago when registration opened. It was right there, plain as day, in writing. So you knew when you were signing up that these were the conditions. And I ain't going to lie. Little part of me, little part of me was wanting to see somebody get booted and not get a refund. I kind of wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of did. Didn't happen, though. Because I was like, man, I'd love to see one of these mask holes come up in here and have like an attitude. And then we just get to boot them and keep their money. I would love that so much. I really would. Never happened, though. Never happened. Uh, I love that mask calls" is a term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, it was cool. You know, we did a vintage side event. So actual vintage, no proxy. It had like 20 people. So that was cool. I uh, did. Uh, there was. Another side event that was. Legacy. And I believe we did another modern side event as well. We had a chaos draft that went off. Uh, you know, fair amount of commander play. Like what should be expected. But yeah, overall, like the event, I mean, it was smaller, but it didn't feel small, I think was the biggest thing. I think because people were so, I think just the attitude of folks, just, I'll, I'll tell you this, actually, this was a big thing for me, was I was a little concerned going into it that there would be people that were participating more out of defiance than support and it really wasn't that way most people were just like oh man i'm just relieved to actually get to play in a safe space you know i'm just happy to be around playing with people again or whatever it wasn't like yeah f these people they can't stop me from playing magic or doing my thing or you know like because i thought there was gonna be a fair amount of that right and rightfully so i could see how people would feel that way you know being cooped up for two years or whatever but we really at least from the people i spoke to and i asked i think about 20 somewhere between 20 and 25 people and It was just positivity. And that was pretty cool to see, too, because it could have very much been the other way. And I think and I think that kind of speaks to your point, right? Had it been the other way, we likely would have encountered more issues. But because it wasn't, I mean, it was it was pretty easy. I mean, I'll be honest. Our security guy was kind of bored. He had he had (laughs) the on Sunday, the security dude there. He had more fun just kind of hanging out and watching the vintage players. And he's like, well, at least I'll stand here and keep people from trying to steal thousand dollar cards. I was like, that's yeah, also I'm like, an important thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's still cool. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it was it was cool, man. Uh, I They're going to do their next event. I believe the weekend was March 11th to the 13th. So if you want to participate in a very cool charity event with some cool prizes, uh, cash, a little notoriety, and just be part of a hugely positive, arguably what's the best magic event of the year. You should come out and check it out. And hopefully by then, uh, you can't see it, but I'm crossing my fingers, that uh, this whole COVID thing will be at least back to somewhat downtrending normal levels, so we don't have to worry about capping registration and stuff again. But yeah, really, really fun event. But this next thing is something I knew nothing about that uh, I'm going to let Brian take the lead on. Yes, you said told me something about some uh rappers scamming some profits.
0: Or I I guess oh, a, a relative of a rapper me... Fair. So apparently uh Rock Nation is trying to start some kind of a video game subsidiary called uh where is it? Unanimous Games apparently. And a new lawsuit claims that uh Bryant Briant, Brian with a T. I don't know how it's pronounced, but Brian okay. Biggs, Jay-Z's cousin, was part of a team raising around $1.5 for unanimous games and he's being accused of uh, stealing about a quarter of a million. So uh, that's obviously about, a quarter of a million is nothing to Jay-Z but it's still a bad look for what would be, as far as I know, the only majority black-owned video game subsidiary. So it's this is the case where somebody possibly has stopped history of So that absolutely sucks.
1: That's a no small chunk of change. First off. Uh, also, for those of you who don't know, uh rock nation is a company owned by jay Z. You've probably heard of that rapper. So if you're curious who this relates to, but dude, how, so how did they like, did he just like, they've already started making games or taking money from somebody and he just, Was scraping that off the top.
0: Sounds like apparently the uh, the guy filed the lawsuit is uh, Ryan Collision. I'm assuming that's probably a pseudonym of some kind. Mm -hmm. But uh, he apparently was an investor and invested around well, two hundred fifty thousand, and was supposedly was supposed to get that money plus interest by March twenty twenty one. And then, lo and (laughs) behold, March twenty twenty one comes and. No money, so it's like, okay, you know what? You know, I know it's a, a startup kind of thing, just uh, let me give you some more time. And then I guess they did the hey, you know, wait, is that the bill collector? Just don't answer the phone.
1: <laughs> you know, just, oh. so so unfortunate, yeah. And see, and that's a tough one because you're talking about a game studio that would have been predominantly black, yeah, like that's one of those times you look back and like, and we were talking about this, man, like, I don't, how do you even go forward recovering from something? Like, even, even away from just like the social implications, right? Like you possibly just cost people their jobs. Like you betrayed family. Like,
0: stop history from happening. Because again, there we have talked at length on here about how hard it is. Even if a black creator has a video game idea, to get anybody to listen to it, pay attention to it, invest in it. We have a hard time even getting people to put black characters in their games. So to have a whole black-owned video game company would would be a phenomenal thing. I still hope some kind of way that happens.
1: Yeah, that's a crazy one, man. A quarter of a million dollars. That is a lot of loot to just take, especially from a startup. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you know, Jay Jay Z's bankrolled pretty heavily, so like he could probably reinvest or whatever. But still, I mean, that's a huge chunk of change.
0: Yeah, because you can't. It's not just the money; it's the you know the reputation. And apparently, this uh, Blueprint Games that was going to invest was, it was provided they got their money back from the first wave was ready to invest another
1: five million. So. That obviously ain't happening now. God, man, I ain't gonna lie. Like that's where when you talk about like just excommunicating somebody from the family, <laughs> like yeah. you might be done, you know? Like seriously, I I don't I I don't even know how you'd get over that. I think it would take a long time. Like that that's a cut that's not gonna heal for a real long time.
0: Because, I mean, the the idea for a partnership is obvious. You know, how many many rappers play games? T-Pain, I mean, the streaming video game, that's a lot of people. Dude,
1: speaking of, let me interrupt for a second. Like, if y'all don't watch T-Pain, at least go check out his clips on YouTube. That dude speaks a lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge about, like, music, a business, you know, just all types of topics. And he does it very casually. So it's not like he's like preaching to you or whatever. It's almost just like hanging out, having a drink, and just shooting the breeze. But man, so much wisdom from that dude. For real. So anyway, continue. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just so sad. And again, I, the, the, the connections are obvious. So I mean, look for Fortnite, for example, has just gotten a stupid amount to profit from, let's be honest, a fair amount of cultural appropriation. Every time a new dance comes out, it's in Fortnite. The second they can animate, yeah, that's true. But how many, uh, how many black people were consulted in the actual creation of the video game? I don't know how many. Probably not. I'm gonna live here and say not a whole bunch. And, and then I think you know, you're right. Carlton. We, we talked about copyright earlier. If you remember. Carlton tried to sue Fortnite because the Carlton dance is in there as an emote. And I guess apparently it was told that you can't trademark a dance. Like, well, dang. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks because I mean that's his dance. He created that. This isn't I mean, like, to you know, you a copyright of magic. That's
1: that was kind of a thing. Like, I mean, everybody knows it as the Carlton dance. Exactly. <laughs> you,
0: everybody's ever seen that show, if I say you you're you hear Tom Jones in your head the second yep. I mention. it.
1: It's not it's unusual to be no. loved by anyone. <laughs> <sighs> we,
0: but yeah. There comes a point in every podcast where it's just... <laughs> we go off the rails. and, hey, and i If you ain't oh, seen the Carlton Tom, Dance, Tom, no.
1: go, go YouTube the Carlton Dance. Uh, you'll understand. No, but, who but who I get what to you're to saying. That. I know we're old, but God, who has to do the Carlton Dance? No, I get what you're saying, though, right? Because... When you're getting into that whole culture, there is a very high ceiling on if you had even just one breakout game for that studio, it would have been gigantic. Oh, I saw Fortnite trading cards last weekend. I didn't even know those were a thing.
0: Doesn't surprise
1: me. So there's a whole market, if your game is successful, of what you could do with it.
0: Now, are they cards of you know Fortnite players or clips from the game or? It looked like, Have You see the actual card. From what
1: I could tell, it was artwork from the game. Okay. I didn't. I didn't like. I saw the boxes of them, so I don't know what. The, but it looked like, I guess there were characters and items, and there's like rare cards you could collect or something. But regardless, somebody's making money selling Fortnite cards, and there's probably a Carlton card there somewhere. Probably yeah for the dances, right? So. I mean, if you can get a one hit, I mean, that could be a ton of money for a studio. I mean, we've seen that, right? Like, like Bungie made all like Halo took off and they milked that for 20 years. Still, well, I mean, Bungie's not anymore, but Microsoft is still very much milking it. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, all you need is one. And if you already have a built in fan base where, like, these other rap artists or whatever, that are already deep in that culture can start promoting and help it. Like that could have been wildfire. So I'm hoping whatever they're doing still makes it to the finish line, but yeah, they're going to have a hard time getting a couple business partners now, I think.
0: Yeah. And you can understand why through no fault of the, it it'll takes one person
1: to ruin everything. Alright, so there's something that happened a couple weeks ago that we really didn't get a chance to talk about because our shows have just been full of stuff. But there's this lovely thing called Pokemon No Day. And I was really conflicted about this. So for those of you that don't know, uh, well, I don't know how you don't know about Pokemon Go, but I, I will explain it just the same. But you get to go collect Pokemon and you go to different Pokestops and you kind of recharge your things and there's challenges and you can get special events where you can try to capture rare ones with the help of other people. So it's a whole to-do thing, a way to kind of explore outside while getting to have a fun game. So it kind of, like, gives you a reason to get around. Obviously, COVID hit, and we're not going out and doing things in crowds anymore. So it sounds like what Niantic did, the company that makes Pokemon Go, they expanded the range on what sounds like the majority of, like, interactive situations, all your Pokestops and things like that. So you could effectively play from your house. They just had really large ranges on a lot of them. And if you're lucky and maybe you're in a big apartment building or something, there's multiple things on either part of your house or whatever and things you can get to, right? Well, they, they put this into effect last November, I believe, from what I read. And sometime, I think in June, they had decided they were going to go back to the old way. And I kind of get it. We were trending pretty decent up to that point uh, that they probably made that decision. And it was like, okay, cool. Now you kind of going to have to come out and do the things at the physical Pokestops again or whatever. Players apparently did not like this. So they decided to go with Pokemon no day. And basically, you don't interact with the game. You don't buy anything. Just don't touch it. And their plan was to crater Niantic servers. I don't think they understand how servers work. Uh, fewer Fewer people on them makes them run better, actually, not worse. So maybe their profit for the day is maybe what they meant but is what it is and honestly i kind of get it to some extent because i'm a big fan of like if you don't believe in something you don't like something you know you think something's predatory whatever feel free to speak up about it like you should and that should be applauded my problem though because there's a few people i do follow that were sharing this whole pokemon no day thing But they kind of like poo-poo other causes or don't really give a damn about other causes, don't get involved. But like this is the one they decided to get upset about. The one that is being provided to them for free because Pokemon Go is a free game. No real benefit from it because you don't gain any money or anything but they were going to go out of their way to make hashtags and post things and talk about how greedy the company is and all this. But you don't want to say crap about anything else.
0: I'm going to say some of these people probably
1: have spent money. This sounds like whale behavior, but most some of, people, no, some of them probably have this concern. <laughs> I'm not saying none of them, but it is a thing that is provided for free. Yeah. And like, I just like it. it and like I said, you know, you want to take down the man? Go ahead. I'm I'm all for it, right? If you if you dislike their behavior, speak up against it. You should. That's one of the reasons we have a platform in this show. We can do that. Nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, when I saw the people supporting it, and I saw... Now, don't wrong, Again, there were some people that, you know, on both sides. But there was a lot of folks that I followed or went and looked up. Because, you know, I was just curious. So I did some whatever you call Twitter sleuthing where I'd click their little hashtag, I'd go back, look over their username. (laughs) You know, I was a little curious because I'm like, okay, if you're getting this mad about this, are you one of those people that's always an activist for things or speaking up for things? No, most of them aren't. They just wanted to be mad that they were losing the convenience of being able to play Pokemon Go how they wanted to. And that, that bothered me. And maybe it bothered me more than it should have, but it was like, you know, it's 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 like those people, even in the magic community, right? they like, they won't say anything when we're like, hey, this person possibly molested somebody or harassed somebody or whatever. But then Wizards makes like one card they don't like or whatever. It's like, this is the worst thing ever. I'm going to quit Arena and blah, blah. And it's like, really? Really? And I sort of felt that way about the Pokemon No Day. I kind of looked at that. And at the end, I was kind of like, this doesn't even mean anything, really. The best part is Niantic put out a statement just basically saying, well, we are humbled by the response of everybody and how dedicated they are to our game and, you know, that sort of thing. Basically saying, that's cute. We don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> like That's basically the way I read that, and I thought it was hilarious. We're over uh, here rolling around in our uh, in our Pokeball made of money. Yeah, they're, they're Scrooge in it in their pile of money, right? But they did say they're, I guess to appease the people they're going to put together some type of group that will at least take the feedback in and help make you know be brought up for decisions when they're planning future endeavors that sort of thing so i don't know maybe it worked at least it got attention if nothing else at least let them know like hey we probably should take into account the players a little bit more before we make a decision but
0: there it is <laughs> Like we were talking about that with the Hunter Burton, everybody is trying to figure out because we, we look like we were trending in the right direction. then it's just, it's amazing how quick things can start going the other way. Well, so yeah, Everybody's either, trying to figure it out at the same
1: time. Even for the Hunter Burton event, right? It started out with, okay, registration is going to be 400. And then we'll see if we keep trending well with, with the pandemic, we'll open another like 50 or a hundred slots and we'll open another chunk. Right. But then when it was like, Oh, hold up. Things are kind of going the other direction. All right, this is capped right here. And then they just let it run down for people who at that point wanted to get refunds because, you know, they didn't think it was safe to travel or whatever. And rightfully so. So then as it worked down, that's just what the attendance was. We weren't going to open any more slots. So this is kind of the same thing. They're like, hey, things were trending well. People are going to be getting outside again. You know, want to take the kids to the park and do stuff. Let's go ahead and set stuff back to normal. Because, and here's the thing, I get where they would have made that decision. Because anybody who remembers, like, the heyday, we'll call it, of Pokemon Go, it was kind of cool seeing people run around in packs to try to capture a Charizard. Or there's a cool thing going down at this Pokestop. We need to all get over there and go do this thing, Or right? And it's cool, even when I go to the parks now, and I see, like, eight or ten people hanging around a thing, I'm like, ah, they're probably playing Pokemon today or whatever, right? And I think that's what Niantic's going for. Because, like any company, Things are more interesting and get you to ask questions when you see a bunch of people hanging around, and you're like, "Hey, what are y'all doing?" Or "Why are y'all running around the park?" Or doing whatever. It's like, "Oh, there's a I don't know a Mewtwo over here," and you know, and you're showing them and explaining it to them. And they're like, "Oh, that's kind of neat." The company doesn't get that level of promotion and advertising by you playing from your living room. Like, so I get why they're trying to get back the other way. Now, again, because this decision was supposed to go live in June, I think it was. They probably made that finalized decision in either April or May. When things were looking good. Uh, However, once we got into mid-June, things started looking kind of (laughs) bad. And, you know, I get it. So, yeah, tough thing. Like I said, part of me is like, great, protest, do your thing. I'm about it. The other part of me is like, "Mm, there's probably bigger things you could probably be worried about. If you worry about both, thumbs up to you. Uh, If you don't, get your priorities straight, man. That's all I got on that one. All right, that's cool we'll 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 skip straight to uh, I guess our dinner table conversation. And this one is more of just like kind of a quick chat about people bringing up drug references or making assumptions of drug use, particularly for black folks on social media. Versus the actual amount of actual drug use, you know, because I don't think people understand like that can also have a negative impact by how somebody perceives you that may not know you. Because I think one of the things people forget is a lot of times it's not just you and your friend that see that comment. It's your friends and their friends or friends of friends. Potential employers. you <laughs> Yeah. Or business partners or advertisers or sponsors like in that. And I've had people like I've posted something and somebody makes like, you know, obscure like drug reference. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I had to Google what that even was. You know, and they're like, oh, I didn't didn't mean to be offended or offensive or blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but why was the first thing you went to a drug reference? When I can tell you literally, hell, I live in the spot where you could buy lead weed legally, and I don't smoke it.
0: Right? I know either.
1: So it's like, and then again, I don't have a problem if you do. But my issue is that like, when I see people making that assumption just because of how I look. And not only that, there's people that have made jokes assuming I do a lot of other things, you know, other than just weed. And it's like, I don't even give you that impression. No, you. If anybody had said, "Hey,
0: who do you know in the magic community that, that knows where to get any kind of drug?" You don't pop it to buy. My- For real.
1: Now, I ain't gonna lie. I might know somebody who knows where, <laughs> but I sure as hell don't, and I don't even want to know. But that's such a tough thing, right? Because I've already. And I, I guess there's a few more stories I could talk about on the show at another time. But, you know, I've had people even come into my store and assume certain things. I'm like, why? Why would I even do that? Why? Around work around kids around work, Like, why? Why right. would you even make that joke or that assumption?
0: You know, guess and that mean, they would do that if they
1: owned a gaming store. Maybe. But I've had to, like, straighten people out in front of customers and in front of parents. And I'm like, dude, like, do you know, like, the like the perception you're already fighting? And then you stroll in here and start talking about it like it's a thing. And now I got customers or parents that are listening to you. Like, so now I've got to make a scene to be extra about it, to make sure that you know that I ain't doing nothing, to make sure they hear it and know that I'm not doing it. So now I look like an ass because I've got to get loud and stupid and, and obvious about it. And it's like, come on, man. Like why? And even if I was why the hell would you just want to put somebody's business out on front street like that? That don't even make sense.
0: Yeah. Cause and that is the definition of somebody else's business. That's.
1: Yeah. I don't. I, that's the part I don't get at all. Like if you were one of my friends or whatever, like why would you want to just put that into the public? Like, yeah, n- my
0: perceptions have changed, but I'm going to say they hadn't changed that much.
1: Well, especially not on the business end. No. Like, personal level, maybe. But especially in the situation we're in now, where you're trying to grow a podcast, your YouTube channel, your streams, you know, like, you don't want somebody going like, well, yeah, we were going to partner with him. But we saw these things on social media where they were talking about him doing coke or something. And it's just like, what? And that's the worst part. It could be costing you money that you don't even know it's costing you. And as you said,
0: it's somebody else made the joke.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I've had, to, and I have many times gone and either deleted or hid comments or tweets or whatever, just cause I'm like, God, dude, really? You know, and I've sent people messages like, man, what's that about? And they're like, well, I wasn't trying to be racist or anything. I was just making a joke about it. why, why? <laughs> like, and I always tell people, Thanks, like, I was just making a joke. And I ask people like, do you make that joke about your white friends? To be fair, though, if they do, if there is one, if you're in the country and you know as I do being in Texas and BFE in spots, like it's probably meth. It's not going to be a weed joke. But the same thing, you're not going to make that joke in front of other people. Right? There's just no need, especially in the world of social media, when you don't know who's going to see it. Because like we said, friends of friends, you know, connections to connections. It's like you just don't need that stuff out in the world, man. Like people need to stop. And they get old. They're not even funny jokes. That's the worst part. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with you cracking jokes. Because I even tell people, like, I'm even good with a good racial joke, a good black joke if it's funny. <laughs> like, I'll I'll always appreciate humor. But half the jokes are just, hell, more than half. They're just bad. Yeah, They're just, they're not even a low-hanging fruit. It's like the fruit that's been sitting there for three days on the ground and you picked it up and decided to toss it. It's like, like
0: you, put, you know when you when you talk about you know drug references, racial slurs, anything, it's kind of like what Milton Berle said about the about cursing jokes. The joke better be funny before you add the curse word to it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to the drug reference, the racial slur, the you know if you're going for the the disgusting shock value thing.
1: Yeah, and and I already think about when I post things. I don't try to be, like, overly sensitive, but I look at it for a second sometimes and be like, eh, like, this is kind of funny to, like, the three of us who know each other, but I probably shouldn't even post this. And I've deleted many things. Because, you know, there's people like me and you, you know, our boy Calvin, like, some of these other people that we've known for, hell, damn near 20 years okay. at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's some stuff that I would post that would probably be funny to somebody in that group, but... I also know that, like, eh, one of their work buddies might see this, and then it comes off weird, and now they've got to explain something at work on Monday, and it's like, ah, never mind. You know, I'll just save that. Or I'll send it privately if I think it's that funny. I'd be like, hey, dude, I almost posted this on your page, and then, like, share the joke with them. And, of course, you know, they find it funny. But that's how you should probably treat it. Because, man, it gets old. It really does. And it's tough when you know that you're largely being singled out for the jokes because I've had people make the jokes in situations where at best it was marginally relevant to even joke about. And then, the, then you start feeling back. Cause you're like, that was your first thought after you saw my message was to go straight to that. And it's like you're talking oh. to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I don't see anybody else. here. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what it feels like, you know? Cause it's like, Was that, was that intended for me? You know? So yeah, that's, it's a thing that's out there. It's a thing that comes up. Just like, just check yourself a little bit, you know? And I'm not saying it's never appropriate to make that joke because sometimes it is, right? Something about the subject matter or a TV show you're referencing or whatever, like, and then there's context where it makes sense. But if you're just throwing it out there to just think you're being culturally funny, just assume you're not.
0: And as we said, stop assuming that just because we're black or we have dreadlocks, we know where to find, where to find the weed.
1: It's just- oh, man. I For real, I had a Jamaican friend and, dude, the number of times he would get frustrated with somebody making a ganja joke. Ugh. I mean, that was like at least a once-a-week thing for him. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry for you. Like, and I, and I want to go to Jamaica because every picture I see looks beautiful as hell. Right? <laughs> like, not even... people like, ah. And when I mention it, people are like, ah, you're going to go out there and get high or whatever. I'm like, no. I'm going to go fishing and swimming and it, eat their food and eat it, some it badass beautiful. grandma-made jerk chicken. That's right? what I'm going to be doing. Like, what's wrong with you? But, you know, just the way it is. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, Brian? All right. I am D.L. Caesar on YouTube...
0: Twitter and Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After.
1: And you can find me over at everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Under Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. Been spending a lot of time over on Facebook Gaming, which, by the way, if you didn't know, Facebook Gaming has an app you can download now. So you don't have to mess with actual YouTube or Facebook when you're wanting to look at uh, some of the gaming content over there. So check that out. But as always, wherever you are listening, whenever you are listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to be awesome, be awesome to each other, and protect yourself and stay safe out there. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it. Because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.